This is a very special night for the Killinane Hurland Club and GA community, uh, for past and present members and the next generation. Uh, we set out, as, as like all clubs, they like to develop their facilities and improve their, their community. And I suppose as we move forward, there's expectations that we have good facilities and all that. But tonight, uh, we have a number of events on here, different elements of it. So I'll just outline where we're going at the very first, the very first part of the night for about 10 minutes. We're just going to outline our development plan works for our fields uh, in terms of how we're going to progress development in our clubhouse and our grounds and our walks and all that. And, and in, in a way that you can contribute or support as well. But the main part of our night is very much to celebrate three all-stars from our own community. I'll come back to that in a few minutes when, when I'd introduce our three guests. But we're, before we get our three guests on stage, we're now going to just get an overview of our club development plan uh, for the next couple of years. Uh, unfortunately, Jason pulled a short straw here tonight. Another man ended up in Tomlin Park in a losing team. Uh, but uh, we're very thankful for Jason for stepping up uh, and, and John to, to just give an overview of our proposals around our club development, and they're very ambitious for us as a small club. So we really appreciate the fine crowd of people here tonight, and we look forward to your support going forward as well to enact that plan. Thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, for, uh, for being here. Uh, it's a great occasion. Um, what we want to just go through quite quickly is the work that has been done, is being done, and hopefully will be done into the future. Um, first of all, two people, uh, Stephen Glynn and Johnny McNamara, a.k.a. Noel, uh, put a huge amount of work into this over the last few years. Um, I'm only here by default because John didn't want to do it. Pat felt he was talking enough, and everyone else kind of went running today as we were doing the haul. So just bear with me for 10 minutes because I know the real reason we're here is the three lads um, that are here tonight. Um, it's, it's fantastic to get three individuals like that uh, in one room. There's a car block. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, 08D75713. If that's your reg, you're blocking somebody outside. Anybody? There's okay. You can sneak out in a second, right, when I'm talking. Um, to move on, first of all, look, Stephen can't be here tonight, uh, and as I said, he put an awful lot of work in with, 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 with uh, Johnny over, and, and they drew uh, some unbelievable plans. Um, they're ambitious, but they're achievable, I suppose. So far, just to let people know what has been done, um, the AstroTurf uh, ball wall area was done, the upgrade of the uh, existing dressing rooms internally, and the disabled toilet was completed over the last couple of years, and that amounted to 27,000. So that is currently um, done. So, John, if we move on to the next slide. Uh, ongoing works will be completed before the summer of 2024. Um, so this will be done. Uh, this is all paid for. And if you can look on the right-hand side there, the funding for Stage 2 was obtained by the Sports Capital Grant that we got in 2020, uh, a Clare Grant 2023, and a Clare County Council Grant um, as well. Uh, what does that entail? If you look on the left-hand side, community walkway and a running track, 
uh, spectator access for all, fencing around the field, um, stand and seating upgrade, um, which we'll show you in a second. Uh, new goals, dugout, and that comes to a total cost of 164,000 euro. Um, when this is done, this isn't just for uh, members of the GA club. This is for the whole entire community um, of Kilinena, Cahar and uh, Flagmount. Um, and it's something, I suppose, that we want to have and we want to have everybody using and accessing. Um, and especially, it's, it's the young ones here. That, that's who it's for at the end of the day. And it's about future-proofing the club as we go forward. Um, John, if we go to the, the next slide. There's the example of the existing field, the walk running track around the outside. Um, uh, John, the next one. And the upgrade then of the, the stand. The stand is going to be upgraded from, uh, to 252 new seats. Um, and a little bit of detail on that later when it comes to a bit of fundraising. Uh, the green fencing that you're probably familiar with a lot of pitches nowadays, they have that around uh, pitches with a walkway. Um, and again, uh, new dugouts, but again, a facility that can be used by everyone in the community. And I think that's the key thing here tonight. It's not just about the, the GA club and the GA members, it's the entire community. Okay. Um, so that's all been done. That'll all be completed, uh, hopefully late spring, early summer, uh, which will be fantastic. So we're not that far away from that. And that all has been done thanks to the Sport Capital Grant. The future plans, and I suppose this is mainly while we're here, uh, it's how we're going to get to the next level. Um, we need to be able to have facilities and create maybe, you hear that word legacy, how would you create a legacy? Uh, our legacy, what are we going to leave for uh, the kids and the young kids that are here today uh, going forward into the future? Um, I will use these facilities hopefully, ye will use them, but it's the next generation, it's generation after. Um, this is a great community, okay? Uh, it's going to take a lot of effort. Um, and yeah, it's going to take money, um, but I feel if it's done and we do it, um, we have something for the rest of time. Uh, the stage three is the new clubhouse facility and gym, the outdoor community gym, the children's play area, and then the upgrading of the parking facilities. Um, at the moment, another second uh, capital application grant has gone in. Uh, we should have details on that uh, March or April. Is there an election this year, next year? Is there? I don't know. Uh, so what do we want to do? Uh, I suppose at the end of the day, we went and we researched uh, numerous clubs. We looked at numerous clubs. Uh, how do you do this? How do you go about this uh, without scaring people away? Um, and the figure of 70,000 over the next two years is a figure put on it that we, we, we could achieve. We could achieve, but it's going to take work. Um, and I suppose why, why do it? It's... it's not only maintain what we'll have in the next few months, but to grow what we want into the future. Um, and who's that for? Again, I'll point to all the young people here. It's for the young lads here, okay, that won the coming months goal. It's, you know, it's for the young lads here in primary school, okay, and it's to give them an opportunity, I suppose, to grow and mature uh, and become like the, the three guys that are going to come in a few minutes, I suppose. And I suppose we have to give our youth every opportunity. Uh, it's tough enough for them uh, in these times. Uh, it's tough growing up as a, as a young person, as a teen. So I suppose if we can give them a place um, that can give them everything they need going forward uh, to grow and develop in whatever sport or whatever life they choose, I suppose, um, 
we've got to try and do that. So it brings us quickly on to the, just the little ideas that we have as a club with regards to, to funding all of this. Um, so a couple of pictures, first of all, John, if you want to go through them. Um, thanks to Johnny McNamara. Okay, uh, he's sitting down there. Hi, Johnny. If you want to put up your hand, yeah. There he is. Um, so these are the drawings that, that we have in mind with regards to the new uh, facility. Um, you can go through them there, John, as you like. Uh, most of you have a leaflet that uh, was left on your chair with these drawings. Most of you have seen them. Um, and next one, John. Right. So how are we going to fund this and how are we going to get there? Um, we have a couple of simple ideas. Um, and yeah, when we did this and we went and we asked, and I asked numerous clubs and went to numerous clubs, and I said, well, how, how do you fund stuff? How would you do stuff? And they basically said, well, it's always going to be the local people that are going to have to fund it. Um, and that's the, that's the simple thing. Um, and that's kind of hard, but I suppose we want to see this as, I suppose, not a funding, but an investment, okay? An investment in our families uh, and our investment in the, in the parish for the years and years to come. Um, so the first thing is the seat for life. So we have 252 seats in the stand. Uh, what we aim to do is uh, sell each seat for 100 euro. Um, and that seat then will be labelled. Uh, what you decide to put on that label is your own choice. Uh, it can be your family name. Um, you can do it in memory of somebody. Um, it, it, it's your choice. Uh, so 252 seats. We're going to be minus three because John, Connor... Uh, and Shane will be getting a presentation of a seat tonight. Um, so that leaves us with 249 seats to sell. So it's something, it's, it's an objective, it's a target that hopefully we can hit over the next uh, six months. Okay. The second idea uh, is a, what we call a community investment. A um, number of clubs have ran this initiative. There's club 150s, 250s, etc., um, and this one uh, is ran by numerous clubs at the moment. And what is it? It's, it's a donation. It's a donation by the people that will be using these facilities uh, in the years to come. That donation then, uh, the club can get tax relief on that. So for €1,000 donation, 40%, the club will get another €667 Euro on top of that. Now, €1,000 is a lot of money. Uh, and we're not asking people to hand over €1,000 tonight or we'll be left with a lot of empty seats. But if we look at it and we go, right, okay, well, what's the target over the next two years? How can you do this? How can you, how can you look after the parish going into the future uh, and make it attractive for people? There's different ways of paying it. Um, it doesn't have to be done up front. It doesn't have to be done in one lump sum. You can break it down for whatever way people feel they're able to do it. Um, and that's a conversation families might have at home uh, and it's something that people might think about over the next couple of weeks um, before we launch into that maybe later in the summer. Uh, as you can see, the breakdown of it, €9.62 per week over two years is probably the most attractive one. I know it is for me. Um, other people, it might be another uh, term that might suit you. But again, it's something that everybody here has kind of got to look at and ask, okay, what am I going to get out of this? What is my family going to get out of this? Uh, and what is the parish going to get out of this uh, going down the road? Um, the third one, John, uh, is the corporate business. Now, this is up and running already. Uh, and first of all, thank you to all the businesses locally 
uh, and internationally that have already purchased these signs. Um, once the fence is, is up, uh, the idea is that these uh, business signs will be placed around the pitches. Um, you might have seen this in numerous uh, facilities throughout the, the county at the moment. Uh, the initial cost is 250 for the sign to be printed and placed on the fence, and then it's an annual, an annual cost then of €150 Euro a year thereafter. Uh, at the moment, we have 17 signs done since before Christmas. Uh, the target, 80 signs. Why not? Um, you go around, as I said, the county, you look at various places that have these fences and have these signs, you know, they have huge numbers. Uh, and it's not just local people. We have to go further afield. We have to go and look for this. But it's, it, it's a great initiative. It's a simple initiative. Uh, and it's one that will or should bring in a steady stream of money, not only to build, but also to have and maintain all these facilities going into the future and basically looking after the club. Okay. And the last one then, uh, it's a life membership. A couple of clubs in Clare did this uh, to raise finances. Uh, if you look at it, again, it's a life membership. Um, it's uh, €3,000, but what you get in return for it is a few bits and pieces. Uh, your name, your plaque on the wall, you get the seat in the new stand, full access to facilities, and if you have a business already, you also will get your uh, sign on the fence. Um, Again, this isn't for everyone, but there might be a number of people out there who might feel, yeah, no bother. Uh, I would be interested in that. Um, they're the four initiatives. They're not my initiatives. Uh, they're not the committee's initiatives. They're initiatives that we got from other clubs. We looked at them. We said, what might best apply to Kilinena? Um, and they're the ones that we, we, we cherry-picked and uh, we said we would try and push over the next uh, couple of months and couple of years in order to raise the money. Uh, as I said, we have a fantastic pitch over there. Uh, it's one of the best in the county and, and David Mack looks after it there. And, you know, now we're going to have fantastic facilities around it. Okay. We're going to have a fantastic stand for all the people that go and watch matches, which I can't get over the amount of people in the locality that go and uh, watch uh, games every weekend over there. It's unbelievable. Um, so we're going to have a fantastic stand, and now we need to go, well, how, what are we going to do next? How are we going to get there? Um, so listen, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming here. Uh, afterwards, if there's information or questions, please ask the committee or come to anyone. Uh, we have forms for the seat uh, at the door. You can carry away. You can fill out. You can do what you like with it. We'd like you to take one. Um, and see where we go from there. We took a, a, a list at the door coming in with regards to emails and phone numbers. Uh, that's to create a bank of people that we'll be texting and emailing over the next uh, couple of weeks and months uh, as we try to get this thing up and, up and running. But as I said, the facilities are going to be fantastic in a few months' time. Let's stay on top of them, but let's, let, let, let's grow it into the future. Is that all right? Thanks very much, guys. Thanks very much, Jason. Uh, so you can see we, we're looking for your support, but that's not the main reason we're here tonight. It's part of it, but it's important going forward to develop our facilities. Um, when we talked about this a few weeks ago, just before, prior to Christmas, we wrote a letter uh, to Connor, John, and Shane. 
and we said we'd love to have you here at our club event. And we were really honoured and delighted when the three boys said they'd love to come. And we, as a community and a GA club, are really honoured and tough, chuffed that they have taken time out of their busy schedules, travelling the world and training and working, uh, to come back to the roots, we would say. And I think there's a uniqueness about these three guys. And there's a uniqueness about Faha and Kilanina. And uh, when you look back, and I look at Martin O'Donnell here and Caroline, Pat Conlon, all part of our community and have played a leading light in preserving our community games, uh, in particular Camogie and our hurling. And we saw all the wonderful pictures up in Dublin with our all-stars and we've seen all the families around them. And I don't think it will ever happen again that we have a uniqueness of a connection to three wonderful men. And when we watch whether, as I said, Tislandara against Eroge or Clare against Galway, our hearts are always tugging that we have one of our own. And that connection with our community is palpable always. And that has gone back over generations. When anyone talks about Fahad to me, sometimes they talk about Biddy Early. But you know, Biddy Early left something around Fahad and Kilanina. She left great pedigree of hurling skill. And that wasn't alone to the three boys here. Uh, you had Niall, and you had the Tuhis, and you have other family members as well. And that continues on today with our Clare panellists, and I suppose looking very much at having Keith leading the light for Clare hurling, Ronan with his mother from Faha as well, and continuing, and look at, we're justifiably proud already we, we had an event to celebrate Ronan's huge win and winning a monster in All-Ireland, uh, and when Keith and Ian Lee were part of the Munster and uh, played for Clare in Munster and the wonderful evenings of hurling we got before us and their contribution to Clare going forward. We really feel that we have a special connection from our community here. And we're honoured again to have our three special guests here. And we're also honoured to have our Leo and Pat from Scarf Bay Radio here. And the two boys are going to come up here now. You can come up, lads, and be sitting down here, because I'm going to introduce our three all-stars up here onto the stage. So there's no particular order. We have the Clare and the Galway flag, so there'll be no war. Uh, can you be upstanding for Conor Whelan, Shane O'Donnell, and John Conlon? Ladies and gentlemen, um, on behalf of myself and 
Leo and Scarab Bay Radio, and that's the last we mentioned the radio tonight, but not the stars at all tonight, these three of the stars. We just want to say how delighted we are <coughs> to be able to cover this event in total, from at least from the start off with Pat and, from, and, and for this part, and uh, a little presentation or two later on. Before the players, hopefully, or the, the stars here will mingle with, with a few of you before they leave. Um, it's a really, really special night, as Pat, as Pat Hayes said. Also, it's a very, very wonderful project going on that Jason so ably outlined there. So, um, that Leo, of course, is, I, I'm Leo's sidekick. He's, he's the main man on the sports line of, of Scarif Bay, but uh, I'm happy to assist him now and again. So, Leo will have some very pertinent questions later on, but I'll start by welcoming the three lads again. Lads, it's absolutely fantastic to, that you joined us tonight and had time to, and, and made time of it. I'm going to start with, um, I suppose we have a migrant here in, in Connor, uh, but we have an open border policy, so <laughs> as a Connacht and Galway man, Connor, first of all, you will have um, memories of your mother, Caroline, talking to you about Faha and the background and all that. So, oh yeah, we'll wait for the bike coming around there. You might pass it on to each other. Connor, you would have heard about uh, Kalinina and Faha, I'm sure, from Caroline, who herself was a wonderful camogie player. One, two. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Connor, you will have knowledge of your background from Kalinina, from your wonderful uh, camogie player and mother, Caroline, whom... I was training uh, that club back in the 80s, and she was a superb sticks woman, and I'm sure she has given you plenty of knowledge of Kalinina and Faha. Are you the man that was training her the day she let in the seven goals, no? No, 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 I wasn't. <laughs> she didn't let them in. The, the others scored. The, the others just hit him like Shane O'Donnell hits them in yourself. They were unstoppable. <laughs> Shane O'Donnell was playing in, in the forwards. I think that day, was he? <laughs> But anyway, um, you've been up to Killeen a few times. Uh, yeah, uh, we no, all knew your granddad, Jack, and all that, and, and Leo, sure, of course. I'll talk about Leo in a minute. But uh, what, what are your memories or your knowledge of, of the, your background in Killeen? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, at the, at the weekends, we used to travel up to Killeen to, to visit Jack and Delia and uh, stop off on the pitch there on the way up, uh, myself and my brother. And, um, yeah, you know, we just have, I suppose, very, very fond memories of being in Sam's and... Canny's as well, and um, yeah, uh, look at very, very special times, and uh, you know, um, always enjoyed going up there. And you know, we used to play a lot of challenge games against Kilnana with the club then. And I remember one when you were under 14, and you would give us a run around actually. Well, many, you used to have to ago. bring a couple of extra hurdles too. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, look at um, it was very, very simple times, I suppose, really, and. Always enjoyed going up there, and um, you know, my mother's side of the family would be very, very into it. And um, yeah, sometimes they find it hard to to be nearly ringing me up, asking me more about Claire Hurling than <laughs> Galway Hurling. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, look at it's. Um, I suppose it's it's a very, very nice thing to be able to come back here with the boys, and uh, yeah, I suppose it has a very, very special place. I suppose really. Absolutely, we'll, be, we'll talk about that in a little bit more. We'll move on to Shane. Um, uh, we'll back to you later on, Connor. again. Shane, uh, obviously your granny came from the Woods household as well, and um, your dad, of course, is from this side of the, the world, but uh, you grew up in Aeroog, and uh, you, you also broke our hearts in an under-14 final, a B final, not sure what year now. Uh, you were playing centre-back anyway that time. But um, you will have also heard from your both, both sides of the families about this parish, and what, what are your memories of that? Yeah, we were actually just reflecting on it coming out, similar to Connor, I think, between playing pool and Sam's and just kind of floating around Bridie and Tom's house just down the road. Uh, I think that was our main memories, and as Connor alluded to, they were all fantastic memories. It was brilliant coming out here. Anyone you ever got to meet was always very good to us, and 
just has a very close place in our heart, I think, and getting to come out here and seeing so many people here, such as you know, probably a small community, but a huge proportion of them represented here is so fantastic that yeah, I feel proud that you come out here on a day like this and for an event like this, and yeah, I feel, I feel glad to be involved. Fantastic, Shane. I will hand on to John for a second before Leo comes in. Um, John also, we, we, obviously, we probably met you most often up around with, with you know, Cyril and which your dad up back around for various events. But um, the one thing I want to say before I ask John a specific question is, tonight is all about Kalina, Kalina and rightly so, because all these lads would be crediting Tanara, Kinvara and Ero with their coaching for the up long. And I mean, that has to be said in fairness. Uh, but tonight you're ours. But, you know, your clubs have run before. John, you, your granddad, John Conlon, was a massive fan of both Kilnina and Clare. And, of course, your dad hurled it. So you know an awful lot about this part of the world, I'd say. Yeah, look, um, it's always a special place for, for me and, and the family. And, um, you know, to be able to come up on a night like tonight is a really special moment. And, uh, you know, when I, when I was young, I suppose the, the, the route was always you'd head off to a match on a Sunday to Ennis and then you'd detour towards the, the home house in Faha and, um, you know, and go down to the hurling field. And I remember when the, the field was open back in, was it 97, was it? Um, and being down at that. And, and now it's great to see the, the, the development going again, uh, to see that upgrade becoming you know, into fruition again into the future. And um, yeah, it's a massive time for the club and, and we're glad to be here tonight to, to, to help it push it. And, I think it's a massive thing and a massive thing that you should all support, you know, and I've seen it going on in my own club and being involved in such events and, and trying to push those, um, those great nights and great, great facilities to be for everyone and, yeah, just really drive in behind it because it's not easy to go door to door and for lads to present that and push it. Um, and it's going to be hard for years pushing that side of things, but at the end of the day, you'll have, you'll have facilities that'll be there for the future and we'll be glad to be back again in the future together. Yeah, first of all, lads, I must add my congratulations on three on picking up three well-deserved All-Stars. All I can say is I often wonder if all the lads that had, could have hurled for Kilnina, especially the, the, that small area of Feha. I thought it was a Feha celebration I was coming to tonight. But, you it know, you have, you have Donald Tuohy in goals, you have Ronan Keane who will be full-back, you have the Glens, you have the three boys here, you know, Keith Smith as well. I think it was a fair, a fair start in line-up, but John, first of all, even down our way, we're sorry that your father never came, he should have stayed in Killinane because he was our nemesis down there for years, but John, a marvellous year for you at, at Cloven County, you know, tapped off, kept off with a, a Munster club, you're also going into the management, winning a Camogie, it's a year you'll never forget, John. Yeah, look, it was a really, really special year, um, I suppose the biggest thing was you know, my wife Michelle winning that Camogie, they'd never won it before, so... Um, to see the elation that was in her face, that was that was a special moment for the two of us. Um, and then obviously, I suppose it starts here. If you told me that we'd be anywhere near the county finals in, in Clanara, I knew we had good young lads coming, but I didn't expect them to all come together and really rowing behind each other and and yeah, come out on the right side. It was it was a great week, I suppose, in our household or family and um, both families and and parish. And yeah, it was a, a super winter and it really shortened the winter months and. Yeah, we're out the other side now. So, John, you're unique in that you're one of the very few people in the country that has an all-star boat in the forwards and at, at centre-back. And you've really made the centre-back position your own. I know you played there for Clannera a couple of years ago. Where did the idea come, first of all, from Brian Lohan to put you back at the heart to declare the fit? It was an inspired, an inspired choice. Um, 
it was actually after I'd come back from injury and we were, geez, we were, I was training like a dog to be coming back into the forwards and I was training like mad, just taking shots at the goals for months and then all of a sudden, was it the first week back we'd done training with a game on a Sunday and I was doing the warm-up and I was expecting to be named in the, the forwards and he just came up to me in the warm-up and just goes, we're going to try a centre-back today. And uh, that was it really, kind of took off from there and uh, yeah, it wasn't something I was expecting and it wasn't something that he passed by me beforehand, it was just thrown on me and um, yeah, look, it was, it was enjoyable and it's, been, it's, it's opened probably another lease of life for me, so um, yeah, I've been enjoying it so far. If you had a choice of centre-back or centre-forward, where would you go for? I'm sure it's hard to take away from the, the limelight of the lads, like, you know, you, you, get, you love seeing your name in the paper, you don't see that too much in the back, so um, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's enjoyable, it's enjoyable, but um, I suppose you do, it's hard to just keep, you know, you love the forwards when you're there, and uh, yeah, I saw that least the life of the club again this year, so I wouldn't mind getting back up the field, but I think those days are over with Claire, so. Oh, I don't know about that. Shane, you went the other direction, you started off as a backman, as Pat already said, cornerback, out to centre-back, now one of the top forwards in the country. Yeah, I think that was a slow progression, and John was talking about shooting, and I don't think my forward play up until a couple of years ago ever involved shooting, really, so it was more... Uh, just giving it to lads like John who are well able to take care of that part of it. Yeah, I was during school, the middle of secondary school, basically in a very similar kind of move. I was just, I think we had an abundance of backs in our team and was basically sprung up in corner forward and then that kind of stuck. Even though we, uh, we had um, Ken Ralph, who's now with us, had told me when we were, the, he was a Clare under 16 uh, coach, told me to not bother with forwards, basically. I was never going to make it up there and that I was going to be a back forever with Clare, so... I think he's regretted saying that a couple of times since, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think after a couple of years of just playing the forwards, it kind of made an actual transition and haven't really looked back since. Shane, your father was, was a tremendous hurler long ago, years ago for Kinnina, but he had one considerable trait, and every, every Sunday, any time we came, came up against Kinnina, when this man came out with the headband, we were afraid of our life. Viking. <laughs> you know, you disbanded with the headband, Audrey. You don't, no, didn't believe in it at all. Yeah, well, the helmet, maybe it's under there with the helmet on. But, uh, yeah, no, I've heard many things about the headband. Every time someone talks about Dad playing hurling, it involves the headband in some capacity, usually followed with the words hatchet or something along the lines of that. So uh, I think I get a good feeling for how he played it out there. Well, he was able to hurl, but he was able to do the other thing as well. There's no doubt about that. Connor, you know, being a, a Galway man just a, across the border, and I suppose... Leds came over and back across the border here at times to play games, but you were never tempted to come across and play with Kinnina? Uh No, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, no, I think uh, growing up, I think uh, it was always uh, Jerry Mack and Galway icons, I suppose, growing up. And um, yeah, you know, obviously across the border is Clare, and we always have a massive draw for, for Clare, but um, yeah, for me personally, it's always been. Uh, Galway, really, yeah. And looking to Galway, you know, obviously you, you had a, an easy enough win over Dublin today in the Welsh Cup, so signs are looking positive under Henry Shefflin for this year, and of course the addition of Eamon O'Shea to the management, um, a big coup. Yeah, I think, um, look, we're, we're still sitting here, I suppose, chasing the same thing as, as the two boys here, and, um, you know, that's, that's obviously the goal, I suppose, really, and any year that you fail to... Uh, I suppose do that is a disappointment and uh, you know I think we'll both be chasing that pretty hard again and uh, hoping to go through the front door of Leinster which we haven't done since 2018 and 
you know, probably in similar enough lights to yourselves in Munster, we've we just haven't ended up getting it done. And um, yeah, I think you're always on the back foot from that moment. So uh, probably looking to push on in Leinster this year and hopefully meet you in the, in the final then at some stage. So. <laughs> and also, exactly. I suppose, Connor, yeah. the fact that Thomas is in the club final tomorrow, you know, another positive boost for Galway Hurland. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Thomas is our are a super club and they've been knocking on the door of that for a while and uh, yeah it'll be a huge lift to the county hopefully um, you know hopefully they can get it done but obviously finals are very very tough to win so um, yeah look at hoping that they can get it done and um, hoping they'll be back with Galway fairly soon and um, yeah look at I think the season is moving pretty fast again you know we're just chatting to Shane there about it I know he takes his time to come back he doesn't usually come back till March but um, I think the rest of us are back training anyway, so. Uh, I want to head back to, I have to, kind of the moment pass, but we're heading back to Faha once more because it is a remarkable story. I just, I've written down here, we have, we have Connor and we have Shane and we have John tonight, all Faha men of Faha dads and mothers. We have Keith Smith, obviously, uh, under 20 star and, and current senior player, and I'm sure Keith is going to have a, a big season this year with Clare. We wish him very, very well in that. Rowan and Keane, of course, Miners there last year, outstanding player as well. Mother from Burnley from up, up that way. But Ian McNamara is holding the, the, the car flag as well, uh, off there from the 20s. But from Faha also, you had um, your cousin Louise Woods, has played Gaelic football and, and hurling Jerry's daughter over there in, in uh, Dora Bearfield. Outstanding player in Quogue and, and, and ladies football. You have the two Glins, as we said, Eamon and, and Gerard's others, other, I forget his first name actually, up in Kilimona. Brian, was it Brian? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Donald Tuohy and Adrian Tuohy, all with strong roots in, in that townland. It's amazing. As I said that the Glens and the Collins, Collins are only a couple of feet, a couple of fields away from Woods's, and the Glens and Smiths and Tuohys are up the top road again, a few fields up. So it's an absolutely remarkable thing. So, as the scientist here, um, <coughs> Shane, I'm going to ask you: Is it in the water or is it in the soil? Where does it all come from up there? I'm not sure. I think someone assigned it to be the early Genetics there maybe. recently, so <laughs> that was the first I'd heard of that. But yeah, I'm not sure how much I can comment on it. But yeah, it's absolutely incredible to get that proportion of you know, strong, strong players and hurlers and camogie players uh, from realistically a relatively small crop. And it'll be interesting to see us tugging out on the same pitch as Leo had kind of alluded to. But I think that day is probably gone unless Connor wants to make a late, a late change. <laughs> And a serious question, I suppose, as well, for, and maybe for all the younger lads listening as well, and there's so many young lads here tonight with dreams of maybe emulating what you've done, or at least hopefully emulating it anyway. Um, as elite sport, as elite holders, elite sports people, how nowadays do you, do you balance that with a career? I mean, you all have careers. Uh, I know John, like myself, would be used to people telling us as, as a primary teacher, we're off half the year anyway, there's no fear of us, but in fairness, it is hard to nowadays with the amount of professional level training you're doing. So, Connor, maybe first, and you can pass it on. How 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 do you balance the whole thing out? Um, yeah, I suppose. Look, at it's uh, it is challenging at times. Um, you know, I'm I'm going back to college now, uh, doing a PhD. But um, yeah, I think you know I've I've always had great support from from my family, and I suppose that's been huge. Um, you know, I used to be doing a bit of labour and with the outlet and I used to be taking the odd half day here and there so um but yeah no I, I I think you have to really really enjoy it I think really and um I think with elite sport I think that's probably the biggest thing that I see with 
with younger players coming through that I think injury county hurling is almost the be all and end all and I think it's just really really important that I suppose when you started out playing as as a young lad for your club that you went down there because you actually enjoy going down and um, I think sometimes with I suppose the increased levels that people are talking about training and stuff that I think the enjoyment factor is is probably being lost a small bit so I think you know obviously there's the competitive aspect of trying to be the best that you can be but I think it's very very important to be balanced and to have other things going on outside as well and um, you know I think that aspect of enjoying it is probably huge and that's something that I, I think I I try to do as much as possible and try to just it's not the end of the world if if a game doesn't go well and obviously it's tough at the time and it's a little bit like life that it's not straightforward and that there's good days and bad days and you know obviously pr probably lost more games than I've won but I think it's just about the big picture really is about enjoying it and being able to sh able to share those moments with your family and stuff like that so I hope that answers your it does, well, that's probably what the most important message, important message tonight for the younger people and the teenagers that you know it is your sport it is your enjoyment and all is said and done it's, it's not life and death even though sometimes we treat it as such and we're shouting at the TV or shouting in the stand from, from our point of view uh, Shane as you have the mic um, two or three years back or, or less is it you probably weren't thinking about having two All-Stars. By the way, I should remind everybody, all these, these three guys have two All-Stars each at this stage. No, didn't. The three of them are together this year. Uh, but they have the other ones from Shane last year and John a few years ago and, and Connor as well. Um, you weren't thinking about winning All-Stars with, with that injury you had. And you might just you know, briefly mention that how, you know, how important it is that you're, you're able to get back on the horse again and play hurling, which you love. Yeah, so like June, a couple of years ago, I obviously got that concussion and I think there's been a lot of talk about it. I won't go over the details of it, but ended up in a situation where I was kind of out of work for maybe six weeks and off the pitch for about three months. And I came back and I played kind of with the rest of the club that year, probably another couple of months and reluctantly was on the pitch with them. And then at the end of that year, essentially I had a choice to make over whether I'd go back hurling at all or whether I'd play again. That decision was kind of made somewhat easier by doing either a great medical team and they kind of basically did the exit test that proved that I had no more physical symptoms but there was definitely some like psychological symptoms from it lingering on and um, basically just decided that I was going to see what happened, go back training for a couple of weeks and kind of see where that brought me and that kind of was the year, that was the last year 2022 I guess um, at the start of that year and end up in a situation where I went back in March, which actually definitely helped and kind of alluded to that. That's kind of become a fixture of my years now at this stage. We've noticed. Yeah, so that's been, yeah, that's been something that I've definitely taken yeah. value from, but yeah, I, I kind of threw caution to the wind and just took it from there. And I think I took a game at a time and I've definitely, I could say since maybe outside of the first year that we played, that I played, which was when we won, I've not been enjoying my hurling more than the last couple of years. That's fantastic. We're all so glad that you did make it back because the last two years have been a pleasure watching you, watching all three of you, obviously. Uh, before I hand back to Leo, maybe to wind it up, I know the lads, the young, uh, young and old and middle-aged down there want to meet these lads and get the selfies and the quick words. So, and again, I want to lay you. I'll hand over to Leo for the last couple of questions. But John, um, your father, when we were talking out by the ditch above in the late 70s in Kilinina, uh, often said, Philip, we've got a team on our own. In fact, he says, you know, we've got enough less for, for, for a team on our own. That didn't actually work out, but Pat hurled for us for a long time. Deceptively strong man. Um, you had, as Leo said, a marvellous year. Um, this year, Claire, 
the only team that can give Limerick a real, real serious battle. And I'm sure you're mad for road again this year. Um, yeah, just going on Shane's thing. We, I don't like seeing him come back in March, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she's a back now. But um, no, he he, leave, he gives at least a life when he comes back into the group. So it's 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 massive when he does that. Um, but on Claire, like it's it's um, yeah, as Shane said, like it's been probably the most two enjoyable years, bar winning a trophy, um, in terms of setup and management and players and. Um, you know, we've keep come in the last last few years, and, and Ian was in last year, and um, they were you know they're a breath of fresh air. The new young lads coming in from the underage systems, and it's great within Clare to to see the work that's going on behind the scenes at under 17 and under 20 now, and that conveyor belt is continuously coming through, which is is fantastic to see. And um, yeah, we're just looking unlucky that we're kind of coming up against that juggernaut of of, of Limerick, and same thing with with Galway. Um, they're a well-oiled machine, but um, yeah, hopefully. Look, last year the Munster final is probably is probably one of the best games I've ever been involved with in terms of atmosphere, occasion, um, tribal, whatever way you want to put it. Kind of going in the road um, to see the Clare colours that we saw going in that day and, and the bus journey it was probably the best experience I've ever had in the bus journey going to a match. And um, yeah, it'll always live in my memory that day, even though we lost the game. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Look, hopefully we can get over on the right side this year. And, We'll be training hard over the next few months and getting right, and, and um, hopefully Keith now can burst onto the scene and, uh, and drive forward as well. He's made a great start to the year, so um, yeah, really looking forward to the year ahead. Brilliant. Leo, last couple of questions John, for the mingle. As you speak about your back in training already, and you know, you, as we said, we were su- you were successful last year at Club and County, you know, winning your All-Star. Are you in favour of the split season as it is at the moment, John? Or can you, would you see, could you, is there any tweaks you'd like to make to it? Um, not really, no. I suppose like it, if your club is successful like we were this year, you're nearly running 12 months of the year. Like you know, um, we started last November and I only got a break the whatever the 7th of December like this year, so that was nearly 13 months. But um, in fairness to Brian, he's very good that way, and he wasn't in contact with me for five weeks, and I just rocked on to training myself the other night. <laughs> it wasn't Brian ringing me, um, and that's what Brian's good at, and uh, he's good at giving you a bit of space when you need it, and. He's very understanding and look, Brian knows once you perform and you're, you keep in shape, he's, he doesn't mind once you, once you do the goods in the field, which is a great thing as a manager. Um, and yeah, look, it's, it's, it, I think it's a great, great way that is, there's always going to be flaws to a system. Maybe they can change the, the, the way the, the structure between Munster and Leinster or whatever way maybe the league isn't competitive, trying to make things a bit more competitive in those sense. But um, the, sh- the split season and the charter season, it, you know, it makes more sense and um, going forward, like I know they give out about that the, game, the All-Ireland Finals aren't in September and school children and all this kind of thing, but I've never seen the excitement that you see in schools leading up to that, the last two Munster Finals and um, in my own school in, in St. Ed's and Shannon, the, the buzz there was around Shannon and, and all, this, all the different areas. Um, I'm sure as children, when they were in, at school leading up to those matches that you're that's all you're talking about on a Monday going in then talking about the games again like so um, I think it's a great, great thing for, that we have at the moment we just need to maybe fine tune things and, and really, you know, really push it more in the media and things like that Yeah and Shane of course you've already fine tuned it by taking the spring or the early months of the year off but you know as, as John said the Munster Championship is special right and as he said the young lads everyone looks forward to the Munster Championship it is a real minefield you know Anyone can beat anyone on any given day, and it's going to be the very same again this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think there's been a lot of talk about Munster and it's one of those things that if you get off to a bad start, you're in serious trouble because every team is extremely competitive. Even the teams like Waterford and maybe even Tip that maybe didn't have such a great year in the last couple of years, you would never think going into them that you're going to have an easy day. John, you need to get on top of them quickly to actually secure those wins. And even looking back in last year, thinking about how close Cork were, like a point away from knocking Limerick out and changing the whole dynamic of the year. So like that's how competitive Munster is. And realistically, you have to be on your A game. And I think John kind of alluded to the league being uncompetitive. It kind of leaves Munster Championship as your first real foray into proper kind of competitive games. So I think it really does turn into this huge, kind of takes on a life of its own, really, and becomes this kind of huge few weeks of hurling which uh, I think everyone enjoys. Connor, you know as Shane alluded to there about the league you know, a lot of people talk about the league is uncompetitive anymore, you're going to games and there doesn't seem to be any life in them although the Clare Galway game in the park last year was uh, the total opposite to that as neighbours allowed to bring out the best in one another. What's your thoughts on the early season games Connor, and the league compared to, obviously the championship is the one but do you think there should be some reward for a team that does well in the league? Um, yeah, I think there's been talks of probably rewarding a team with being uh, given kind of a quarter-final berth or a pathway through to a preliminary quarter-final. I think, obviously, at the moment, with the amount of games in the round-robin, and, you know, I think it, it probably just doesn't make sense to go to go for the league, really. So I think teams are just deciding to try and blood players. Um, and obviously, the way the split season is, you obviously need probably 20, 25 players for your panel, so it probably provides the perfect storm to be blooding players, really, and, um, yeah, it, it's just over the last couple of years, I think, with the split season that, I suppose, the round-robin games are so intense that you can't really afford to be going, I suppose, full throttle for the league. Um, I think teams kind of pick and choose which kind of games in the league they're going to go for, and uh, I found out that against John when he was baiting the ankles off and blowing <laughs> Cusick Park but um, yeah look I think there's definitely something there that needs to change um, I think even the pre-season competitions you know at the moment there's there's the Fitzgibbon on there in the middle of the Walsh Cup and you know I think there's probably players being pulled in every direction and I think that's probably something to look at but look there's always going to be flaws as John said so um, yeah we probably won't sort it here <laughs> no no listen uh that's, I'm aware that there's a lot of younger people here, uh, particularly small kids who've been very, very patient. I know some of these things are very, very interesting and fascinating for all, all age groups. So when you're small, you want to get a photograph or an autograph. So we won't hold the left bush up longer. We are deeply indebted to them yet again. They're not finished quite yet, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll finish this part. Of it. And I just say it's an honor for Leo and myself to, to talk to these three wonderful, wonderful guys. You can see by how they speak and how they <coughs> carry themselves how they've got where they did, apart from the skills, the skills and the, and the strength comes from, from, from one thing, but the, they came from solid families and uh, we, we, as we know their parents and um, it's no wonder they've turned out to be they have done. So lads, thanks an absolute million for helping us promote, not alone coming to visit us back to your roots, but also to help, I suppose, give people a positive vibe about supporting the development on the pitch and we wish Jason and the whole, John and Pat and the whole lot of the club members, Stephen down there as well, Stephen Glynn and Johnny, for all the work he's done. We wish them every success in that. Before, I'm going to borrow um, your mic there for a second, um, Connor. There's uh, three voiced, joint presidents of the club, um, and they are Tommy Clancy, Paddy Brody, and Martin Kenny. And in a moment, 
they're going to make a little presentation to the three lads, one each. But before they do, I'm, I'm just going to try and squeeze the word out of them, if, if they'd be good enough. I'll go down to them with the mic. And there are three men with, with tremendous interest and knowledge and love of the club. So uh, we'll see what we get out of them for a minute, OK? So I'll head down here now. Paddy, I'll start with you. You're the best talker, I think. Paddy, um, you were the most famous Killina hurler up to, up to, for many decades. It's 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe into the 80s, I think. Uh, everywhere we went around Clare, the question was, is Teddy Brody coming today or how is Teddy Brody keeping? So um, how do you feel about having these three lads here from the families that come from tonight? It's wonderful to meet three all-stars. I've been looking at all-stars on the television for a number of years. And it's great to be able to see them in your own parish and they come back to their roots. It's wonderful. And you give an equal welcome, welcome to the Galway man, I'm sure. Connor there, he's, he's a bit, he might be a little bit lost tonight, but uh, he's a fabulous player as well, isn't he? Sure, he's, he's very near home all the time. I mean, he, he didn't go too far. Indeed, and indeed, I suppose, in fairness, around this, part, this parish anyway, I know that when Clare aren't playing, we all support Galway, and I'm sure it's the same down there uh, that they would support us when, when, when the other team is playing. I'm going to try to get a word out of Tommy. Tommy uh, Clancy was, as we're talking about the next phase of development of the pitch, Tommy was chairman of the original pitch development that got the pitch in Romodora uh, purchased and levelled and eventually sand-based and an awful lot of important work was done by Tommy as leader there of that group in the, in the 80s, I suppose in the 90s. Tommy, it must be a great delight for you to see a new phase coming on development of Killeen a pitch which you love so much. It's lovely to see it and it's lovely to see what's going to development that's going to come up in a short time maybe. And I'm delighted, and I know the three lads very well. And I'm delighted for them as well that they got the all stars, and that, you know. And we worked, and we got a great help from all the parish when we did want to develop it. Fair play, Tommy. And uh, who's going to win the All Ireland? Clare or Galway? I, I'd like if Clare won it, but sure as well we can. We, <laughs> we, 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 we can't say much, like. We can't say too much. Thanks, Tommy. Our, our third joint president, before I hand back to Patty, is, is uh, Martin Kenny. Kenny's bear, of course, is synonymous with chat and a meeting place for Clare Hurling, or for Killeenian Hurling, I should say, for many decades. Liam, his dad, was a fantastic supporter of the club and the county. And Liam, I know, and John, or Martin McSpendries, was great friends with John Collins' granddad, John. They travelled to hundreds of games together over the years, club and county. So, Martin, a special night to have these lads here. Yeah, I can remember John Condon, uh, your granddad, John, coming up. We'd be going to Tullus back in the late 70s when Clare had a good old team that time. And he'd be above two hours before we'd, we'd be going. <laughs> he'd be saying, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> but awful devoted to the Holland that, yeah. And of course, the great Jack Woods was often down in your place as well. A great man. Connor is a spit of him up there. I always say when I see him going up in the field that he's a spit of Jack Woods. A lot of them seen him all, yeah, yeah. And... Another thing you, we forgot tonight to mention was Niall Dunahoo, his cousin. Yeah. Great holder as well, Lord have mercy in the man. But. 100% and I had written down to mention him because he was a fantastic player. And uh, what I remember best is Niall spoke one time about um, disputing a line ball against Kilkenny. Uh, just so, so modest Niall was for a great holder. And he said um, Henry Sheffield wasn't far away. And Sheffield said, and Niall will be quiet, it's a Kilkenny ball. And I remember Niall says, I, I, I didn't even think he knew my name. 
So he was so impressed with that, that Sheffield knew him, that's how modest he was. Brilliant horror and much, much, much uh, lamented, of course, Niall. And, and another one of that family. Yeah. So listen, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not going to ask, squeeze any more words out of you. I'm going to be handing back the pass. Uh, he is the chairman of the club uh, because the three joint, uh, joint presidents are now going to make a presentation to the lads. So I'll hand that back to Pat now. And uh, again, thank the three all-stars. Lads, you're fantastic. And thank you so much for coming to us. Uh, thanks very much. And a big hand for Pat and Leo. Because they bring us so much joy, uh, and I would ask everyone to tune into Scarif Bay Radio because there are days we can't go to matches, and you could be out on the farm, you could be anywhere, any part of the world, and you'll hear matches, and particularly our Camogie teams. And it's wonderful to have a local radio presenting, uh, and look at Leo and Pat would fit any radio channel anywhere because the fun they bring alone is enough to listen to them. So, Mwila Buikas, and thanks very much, lads, for, your, um, for being here. So, we felt it was, a, you know, again, the honesty for the three lads here, our three all-stars, it's, it's, we put them up on a pedestal. They're three ordinary guys, but they're three lovely lads. And it's wonderful to have them here and to listen to the honesty they've been talking here tonight and, and how free they are with, with their views and their thoughts. And, and that's a wonderful thing to get. And again, we're really honoured. So I'm now going to call on Tammy Clancy to present the first uh, award here, just a, a token from the club uh, to, uh, of appreciation to Connor Whelan. And I'm going to call on Paddy Brody to make a presentation to Shane O'Donnell. And we're going to get Martin to present to John. I think that's it. What a special night. Again, and what a wonderful night. And to thanks to everyone in the club and to everyone outside the club that have helped to put this special night together. Uh, we can be justifiably proud of our community uh, and justifiably proud of our connections. And Martin, you haven't the head headband. <laughs> Leave you out of it. But... Uh, Look, at the three lads have said they'll stay for a few minutes anyway. I think they want to meet anyone that would like to go up and take a picture with them and have a chat with them. We'll have a cup of tea as well in a few minutes. So, uh, again, on behalf of Kilinana GA, thank you very much for coming out tonight. And if you get a chance to pick up some literature going out and if you can support our projects, we'd really appreciate it. So, a big hand for our three lads again, and thank you very much. Thank you.